was just talking and sharing um, here about, you know, what it feels like sometimes to be running on empty. And uh, as I shared with you guys, that sometimes you feel a little bit burnt out, a little bit out of gas, and, you know, you, you try and do things, but you feel like sometimes you're just running in your own strength. And, and uh, I wasn't the only one. I had a number of you who had re- replied and said, hey, you know, we're kind of in the same, in the same spot. And so it was... Um, it was uh, just challenging us to, in, that, in the seasons of waiting on the Lord when you're not sure what He's doing, that sometimes when you don't feel His presence, just realizing that that doesn't mean that He's not present. Uh, and as, um, as I was uh, thinking about that and uh, you know, hearing different feedback, uh, I ended up just going back and listening to the message online again. It's a little bit weird listening to me speak. I feel for all of you sometimes. But uh, as I listen to it online, and if you're listening online, we're glad you're, you're having the chance to do that. But as I listen to that, the, those, the words that, that I said that week just seemed to hit me again uh, and, and realizing that, you know, it's not just for that, Mark. This is for you, that when you don't feel like I'm present, that doesn't mean that I'm not present. And when you feel like if you're in the wilderness sometimes, I have not abandoned you. You. And uh, as I was going through that, I was just reading through um, version um, uh, this week, and I encourage, if you don't have that yet, it's a great, great way just to be daily in the Word. And Romans chapter 13, verse 14 is where, where uh, a verse that just came up in one of the devotionals, as I read, I just want to share with you this morning, it says this, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't let yourself um, think about ways to indulge your evil desires. As I I read those words, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something about that just caught with me. And I was like, that's for me. You know, that he's saying, just clothe yourself with me. And so this past week, uh, past weekend, um, you know, it's, you know, when you, it's it's, never, it seems to be that way. When you have the least amount of energy, you have the most to do. You know, when you wake up and you're like super tired, all four kids are extra grumpy and needy that day. You, you, you've been there, moms? Yeah, there's, it's one of those. So this, this, that, that week where I felt like, man, I'm just kind of running on empty. I got a phone call uh, that day saying, hey, um, would you be willing to do a funeral for my, um, gr- uh, my granddaughter? She passed away. She's 19 and tragic situation. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. You know, and then as, um, as I was thinking about uh, that, I'm like, man, you know, I, what am I gonna, what am I gonna say, what am I gonna do? And and then the the there was a, a wedding the following day, and uh, the guy had, who's getting married was Roger. He's like, you know, some of my friends they don't come to church, they never go to church. This is your one chance to share the gospel with them, and, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, no pressure. All right, no problem. You know, their salvation is hanging in the balance, and, and, I, and I got nothing. Uh, and and then, then the following day, um, and I was so happy to have Gary speak here, because otherwise it would have been like five in, in three days. But the following day, I was speaking at the seniors' home, and I'm wrestling with that, that these people are closer to meeting Jesus than most of us, you know. And if they don't know the gospel, you know, I've got, got to have something to offer them. And, and I don't know about, like, for, for you guys, I'm, I'm like a really single-track-minded person. So for me, it's, it's like, let's just get to the funeral, and then I'll figure out the rest after, you know? And so, and, I would, and then after that, I would focus on the wedding. And then after that, I would focus on, you know, the speaking at this senior's home. And I began to get stressed out. Like, that stuff just gets, gets to me a little bit. And, and uh, as I was like, God, why did I say yes to any of that? Just so clearly, as I was even just reading through this, he said, Mark, you know what? The best thing that you have to offer everyone isn't you, it's me. The best thing that you have to offer everyone is me. So when you feel weak, I'm still strong. 
And when you have a lack of hope, I'm full of hope. And when you're feeling anxiety, I, I'm, I'm the peace that they need. I'm the one that they, they need. So just offer them me. And as I began to realize uh, uh, this thought of just being aware of his presence, because sometimes we forget. And we're not the only ones, but you know, as we talked about Elijah, he's in the, in the wilderness. He thought God had left him, but God was with him. You know, the children of Israel in the wilderness thought God had abandoned them, but God was with them. Jesus being led in the wilderness, you know, had Holy Spirit with him. God was with him. And so the challenge for me, and it's just this is all I want to do today. I simply want to challenge you to be more aware of his presence in your life this week. Because that's what he was telling me. Just be aware of my presence. I'm with you always. Whether you feel it or not, I am with you. So every one of you, uh, if you sleep about eight hours a, uh, a night, you have an average of 960 minutes um, that you have uh, awake every day. So my, my question is, of the 960 minutes that you had yesterday or, you know, and every day this past week, um, how many of those were you aware of God's presence in those minutes? Just think back to, well, just, just, just go back to yesterday, because today you're probably like cheating. You're like, well, I'm at church, so I've been aware for at least um, 35 minutes. But yesterday, you know, how, how, how much of yesterday were you aware that, you know, God's with me? And so my challenge for you, and it's going to be really easy for some of you, is I want you to think and be aware of God's presence in your life just more than you were yesterday. So for some, you do one minute, that was more. Uh, and, and for others, it's going to be like, ah, oh, you know, it'll be, it'll be a little bit more. But I want to encourage you with that. How, much of, how many of the minutes and moments of your life are you aware of his presence in there? So, you know, and sometimes, you know, we talk about the presence of the Lord. And it can get a little bit strange. And so I want to clarify that. Because sometimes when, you know, you hear Christians talk about the presence of the Lord, something happens to them. All of a sudden, the presence of the, the Lord and the presence of God, like their voice changes and they begin to talk. It's like they're talking normally. You know, hey, I was having a good day. And then I encountered the presence of the Lord. It was this moment where I was in a vision or it was crazy or it was weird. But I saw lions and fire. And, and it was like, oh, it's all consumed. And it can become this weird sort of a spooky type thing. And others are like, I don't really know if I want any of that kind of presence in my life. And so what I want to encourage and challenge you with is, is, is this thought that sometimes we, we, you know, you'll hear Christians say, you know, oh, I felt the presence of God in that place. Or the presence of the Lord was in church today. And usually that's just because it was fuller than last week. You know, or, or it's like, oh, during worship, I just felt the presence of God. It was anointed today. Either that or they just did your favorite song. Right? It's like, you know, but I had goosebumps. Well, scratch a chalkboard and you'll get goosebumps. Was it the presence of the Lord? So sometimes, you know, it's like we have these senses of, oh, that was the presence of the Lord. And I'm not saying that it's not that. Because there's often times where it's like you just, it, something connects with you. And you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I feel your peace. Oh, yeah, God, I, I sense that you are, you are present in this place. And there's something really powerful about that. And so what I, what I only really want to challenge you with is for those of you who sense that, you know, the presence of God. And you think, oh, he must be present because I feel him. About to think about all the other times when you don't feel him, because we get tempted to think that when we don't feel his presence, that he's not present. And so sometimes we associate the feeling of God's presence with him being present, and that's not the case. You see, God's omnipresent means he's everywhere all the time. And so there's this omnipresence, and then there's this revealed or manifest presence. That's, that's the times when you sense God's presence, when you're aware of, of his presence. And so omnipresence, means he's everywhere. And, and the psalmist wrote it this way, Psalm 139. 
They wrote it this way. They said, he says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can't go anywhere where you're not. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I can't hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. He's basically saying, you know, God's everywhere. In your highest moments, yeah, he's there. But in your lowest lows, he's there. It's this idea of him being omnipresent. You know when you go to the mall and it shows you where you are? It's this little sign that says you are here. Well, when God sees the omnipresent, like when he sees a sign of where he is, it looks more like this little cartoon where it says, you are here and here and here and here and here. So that means that he's right here and he's right here and he's right here and he's right here and he's right here. And you're like, I don't know. This don't feel that anointed this morning. I don't know if he's, he's here. He's here. But we have, we have trouble with this sometimes of thinking, you know, God, where, where are you? Are you there? And, you know, we even say sometimes, God, we welcome your presence in this place. And he would tell you, I was here before you were. You know, we come into church and it's like, oh, God, we welcome you. He's like, no, 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 it's the other way around. You just think it's always all about you, so you're welcoming me. But I was here first, and I'm welcoming you into this, into this place. And so, you know, the, the, the thing, the, where we get that from, we get those thoughts from, it's just, it's, it's throughout the Old Testament, the whole Old Testament understanding is that certain people would meet in, in, in a certain place at a certain time to encounter the presence of God. It was this place called the temple on a Sabbath day. And certain men would experience the presence of God. As you see this, this area right here, they would walk up to here and the priests would, would do a ceremonial washing in this big basin here so that they would be ceremonial clean. All the other people, well, they would be outside the gates kind of watching because as these guys went to meet God for them. It's like the guy at the front with the microphone. He's holy. He's the one who can go before the presence of God. And so as they went through here, they would go into this big room here and the priests would, would minister to the Lord here. Who's the minister in this place? Ah, there you go. Good. So then, but there were certain, just certain ministers, certain guys who would go here. And then there was this place where one man would go once a year for one short period of time to be in the Holy of Holies in the very presence of God. And for many, many followers of Christ, Christians get, get into a habit where they treat their relationship with the Lord in the very same way. It's limited to that one hour a week, Sunday mornings, at that one place, Kingsway Church, where there's that one guy who's going to tell us and be in sort of the presence of God, or that one worship leader who's going to get us to the presence of God, and then we go home, we leave him here. And that's not what God's design is at all for us. In the New Testament, he says to you, you guys, the whole bunch of you are a royal priesthood. You're, you're, the whole bunch of you are ministers. And, and so I wish that we could do church in a different way. I wish this shouldn't say that I wish this building would be, you know, we, we could build a new one. But if we did, we'd build it in a big round circle. And, you know, there'd be like a, a round chairs, like the Knights of the Round Table. And everyone is in this circle where there is no one greater than any other person. No one even perceived to be. No rows of you looking at, at the front. This, this idea of we're all in this, in this together, that we are all ministers. And that's what God said in 1 Peter chapter 2. He said, you're all ministers together. And then, you know, when we, he said, um, when Jesus was born, they called him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And, and he said to his disciples, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to send my spirit, and I'm going to be in you. So God with us, God in us. And, and that's what his design 
has been um, for us. He said in Matthew 28, he said to his followers, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always. So God, he's with us always. My, my boys, every once in a while we hear them shouting at each other from the other room. It's good they talk loud because then we know sometimes you have to go in there and correct what they're talking about. You know, hey, uh, we don't talk about stuff like that, whatever. But the, the, the other day the boys are shouting and you hear Finn yelling at Max, Max! You know, don't do that because Jesus wouldn't like it. And then Max turns around and yells back, Jesus is in me, so he's doing it too. <laughs> and I'm like, that's good theology, but it's just a bad application, right? Like, I want my kids to know that Christ, he's in them. I just don't want them to beat up their brothers and think Jesus is doing it too, right? That, that's, not, that's not a good application, but as I read through the Bible, I see Paul writing to the followers of Christ in Corinth and thinking, you guys are just like little kids. He says, I wish I could, I wish I could give you like, the deeper thoughts, but you keep needing these simple, simple thoughts. And he writes to them in this, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, he says to them, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You know why he says, don't you realize? Because they didn't realize he, he's, he's explaining to them uh, about how they handle their sexuality. He says, you guys think that you can, you know, you're, I hear that you guys are going to the, to the um, prostitutes. And he says, you know, you're at you're the, the, the temple serving the Lord one day, and then you're at the prostitutes the next day. He's like, don't you realize that your body's the temple? That you're taking Christ wherever you go? And so when you're with that prostitute, you just brought Christ into that room? And they're like, What? We thought we left him at the church. No, you are the church. He's with you everywhere. And they're like, oh, oh, we didn't know that. Don't you realize that God is with you all of the time? And for sometimes, sometimes we have difficulty with that. We're like, but God, I, I don't see him. I don't feel him. I don't hear him. So I'm just not sure. I need a volunteer. Who can help me out? Yeah, Matt, quick. Quick, son. We'll, we'll do, yeah, we'll do that right here. So. Put your arm around me like we're buddies. All right, so. We are? We are. <laughs> so with him right now, I can sense his arm around me. You know, I can hear him breathing. I can feel his presence. Is he present? Not a trick question. I can't see him. Is he present? Yeah, he is. I, I don't feel him. He's present? You're convinced? Yeah, okay, well, now I can't even hear him. Is he present? Not a trick question. They're like, we don't know what to say. Yes, he's present. I can't hear him. I can't feel him. I can't see him. Is he present? Yes, you're convinced of his presence because he's right here. Thanks. How much greater is it for that God, who's so much greater than Matt, sorry about that, but he just is. How much more the God of the universe saying, I am with you, I am present. You'd believe it because, you know, you saw it, but I believed it because you told me. He's present. I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind that Matt was still present. And the same thing is for us. Sometimes you're like, oh, I can't hear him. Doesn't mean he's not present. Oh, I can't feel him. Doesn't mean he's not present. I can't see him. Doesn't mean he's not present. I think the problem is not that God's not present, but sometimes that we're not present. Have you ever met preoccupied people? Ever gone on a date and, and you know, this is your date? <laughs> You know, at our house at dinner time, we had to have a phone box where all the phones got to go because it was turning into, Beth, can you pass me the ketchup, right? Like, that's the, the things where there's so, so much on the phone 
or preoccupied or distanced, and maybe you have that, you know, you have that conversation with your husband. He's sitting there watching Sports Center, and you're like, hey, honey, I was just thinking about the college education for our children. We, we probably should be putting a few more dollars away every month. Ah, oh, yeah, no problem. And, and it's like, and I was thinking that if we, if we, um, uh, went on some different trips with our kids. Maybe we could see kind of stuff that they're interested in. Uh-huh, that's good. And, and she's planning vacations and doing stuff with all your money, and you have no idea because you're just like, he's preoccupied. He's distracted. How, many, how often do we have that and find ourselves in that place? In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it says this, Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the word instead means that Paul is actually contrasting a different thought. So even though this was the only verse I read, and that, that, verse of, uh, that words of clothe yourself with the presence of God jumped out at me, I realize that there's more to this story. And so as we go back, turn, your, turn that to Romans chapter 13, or just slide a little bit on your phone. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says this, this is all the more urgent for you to know. He's like, I want you to know, I want you to know, it's urgent for you to know how late it is. Time's running out. Wake up because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Do you know that's true for all of us? I don't know if you realize that, but you, just, you now have less time of, in your life than you just had a minute ago. And you spent it here. You know, you, you've, got, you've got less time that, that, that your salvation, the time where you're about to, to at some point meet the, the Lord face to face, that's running out. There's less time. And so Paul says that because that applies to all of us, we all have less time now than we had before. He says in verse 12, the night's almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Get rid of those dark um, actions in your life and behaviors and then he says and then put on this the shiny armor of right living put off the old put on the new and I thought maybe I'd like bring some armor and get dressed up but like everybody's been doing costumes lately all our guest speakers so fear it's overdone but you get the idea then he says in verse 13, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. So don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. See, sometimes we think it's all those big ones, you know, promiscuity and immoral living, but it's also in arguing and jealousy. He says, you know, let your lifestyle line up with what you believe and who you believe in. And for some of us, you know, for some, you've got trouble um, realizing that God is present everywhere and all the time. Sometimes you don't realize that, that Satan, though he's not present everywhere, he's, his, his enemies, his demons, they're, they're everywhere too. And so some of you think, if I go into church, well, then there, there can be no, you know, evil thoughts that come into here. Like, he's not going to come in this building, I is. And for some of you, as you hear these thoughts, you know, of, you put off those dirty deeds, you're sitting here and you're thinking some dirty deeds right now. And you're just like, oh. I just don't feel really great. I wish I had stayed home today. You know, it's, it's you start feeling guilty. Can I tell you, that's not God. That's not what he's doing in, in your life. The enemy keeps, keeps putting those things in saying, hey, you know, feel guilty about that. It's not what, that's not what the Lord is saying in, in this um, at all. And for some of us, we're like, yeah, I want to put on that shining armor. Yeah, that's what I want to do. It sounds good, but how do I do it? Paul lets the Roman believers and us in on a little secret in Romans four, uh, 13, verse 14. And if we read that again, it says this, instead... Instead of living your life with all of those other thoughts, he says, time's short. And so instead of doing that, he says, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Those two things are tied together. The idea of, don't, of, of clothe yourself with his presence and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your fleshly desires. He's saying this thing has to do with your mind 
what's going on in your thoughts. Gandhi said this, but it's still good. Thoughts became, become actions. Actions become habits. Habits become values, and values become your destiny. Where you end up, it all starts with that thought. What are you thinking about? And so the challenge was, that idea of clothe yourself was like, when you're getting dressed, think, picture in your head, think about you're putting on Christ's presence with you, that he's with you, just as your clothes are with you today. And he gives them that word picture. He says, as you're thinking about that, he says, don't think about the other things. Don't think about ways to indulge your flesh because you'll find yourself going down that road. Use your thoughts to become aware of his presence rather than evil desires. Sounds a little difficult. We read about people like that in the Bible, like Enoch. He walked with God a number of years ago. A guy named Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was born in 1611 in France. That's a long time ago. He uh, had, a, had a, a sensitivity to the Lord even at a young age. Uh, but as he grew up, he went and served in the, in the war. He fought in the Thirty Years' War. And uh, he, he sustained an injury to a sciatic nerve that was nearly fatal. He survived it, but it left him crippled. He would walk um, in pain and, and um, kind of uh, hunched over. He was in chronic pain uh, for the rest of his life. But at midlife, there was a brand new monastery being built in Paris, and he wanted to serve the Lord and serve others, so he went there to see that if he could be a part of it. And they, they allowed him to, to, to join. And so for the next 15 years, he spent his life in the kitchen serving meals. And then after that, they put him in the sandal repair shop where he spent the rest of his days fixing other people's shoes. And for the first number of years, it was really, really difficult for him because it was incredibly painful for him as he would do his work in the kitchen. And then they would encourage them to always have these times of prayer. And he, said, he realized that when he was spending time in prayer, he was aware of the presence of God in his life. And then he would leave and he'd go to the kitchen and he would do all of his work. And then one day it dawned on him, he thought, you know what, if, if the presence of God is here when I'm praying, why couldn't the presence of God be where I'm working? And so he said, for today, for this one day, I'm just going to do my best to be aware of God's presence everywhere. Aware of him in prayer, aware of him at the meal, aware of him when I'm working, aware during every conversation I have. I just want to be aware that God is with me in all those places. He said something began to change in his life. He began, to, he began to realize that when he had to go to the, to the markets to get these huge vats of wine and the, all of the, the food that they, that they would have to prepare in the kitchen, which used to be incredibly painful for him, as he was going, he began to say, you know what? That changed into this thing that was this painful journey to a walk with my Lord and Savior. We'd go out on just a walk together. And he said, you know, the things that were great in his life, he realized that those are things I could be thankful for during and afterwards to the Lord. And when I fall, he says, when I, when I didn't get it right, he realized God was right there in my fall. And I would quickly turn and realize, God, I, I got it wrong. Can I, let, let's, let's just get back on track. I know that you are with me. Well, Brother Lawrence, humble, humble guy, would have some conversations with people because they'd ask him. They'd notice this in his life. They asked him about it, and he wrote four short letters to four friends just describing how this had started in his life. And he wrote this. It became so natural to him that at the end of, the, at the end of his life, he said, Thus, by rising after my falls, by frequently renewed acts of faith and love, I am come to a state wherein it would be as difficult for me not to think of God as it was at first to accustom myself to it. 
He said it was difficult at first. There was all kinds of other distractions that would take me away from thinking that God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. By the end of his life, he just said, you know what? It was more difficult for me to think that God wasn't with me. It was just so natural to him. After his death in 1691, Joseph de Beaufort published uh, Brother Lawrence's letters and the conversations that he had had with them in a small book called The Practice of the Presence of God. I want to challenge and encourage you to read it. It's just these simple thoughts of what it looks like to just be aware of God's presence everywhere at all times. And being aware of his presence when it said, clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus and don't allow yourself to think of these things that, that lead um, to, uh, to, the, to the dark deeds in your life. The being aware of your presence comes first for a reason. And here's what it is. And it's not, it's not that... It's brilliant, but it's not that um, difficult for any one of us to understand. Think about this for a minute. How many times has our actions and behaviors changed simply because we become aware of someone's presence in our lives? Think about this for a second. When's the last time that you were driving and your driving patterns changed? You slowed down and you hung up the phone because you became aware of a policeman. How many times have you, you know... um, become aware of a video camera and all of a sudden your behavior changed for some it's like oh the camera's on and you run into the kitchen I don't want to be on that and then there's a special group of you that you see a camera and it's like oh it's game on you know it's all about me let's go do something right and you do something crazy like my brother-in-law Jamie he would jump off different things just because there's a camera there and AFV made like millions because of people like that their behavior changes because they become aware that there's a camera present you know how many um, have, have had things change when a child's entered the room. You were having a conversation and then a child is present. And all of a sudden the words change. And all of a sudden the topic is no longer talked about. Why? Because a child was present. How many of you had guests come to your house? Or, you know, you're, you're one way at your home until guests show up. And then your behavior changes. You know, I had the unfortunate experience of, of having this a number of years ago. Um, in our house, uh, my bathroom's downstairs where I have a shower, but my clothes are upstairs in my bedroom where, the, where, the, um, uh, where my dresser is. So I would uh, pretty routinely go down, have a shower, just take underwear with me, and then I would run upstairs and I would get dressed. Well, one day as I was leaving the shower, running up the stairs, and I could see through the railings the face of Jackie Constable smiling back at me, I was like, oh! And her face was worse, right? And and went back down, and and the behavior in my home has changed as a result of that. It wasn't that somebody said, Mark, the 11th commandment is, thou shalt not streak through thine own house. That wasn't the commandment. My behavior didn't change because somebody gave me rules. My behavior changed because I became aware of the presence of someone else in my home. How much more would our our behavior and things change in our life if we would just simply become aware of the presence of, of God in our lives every day? Not trying so hard to change, just being aware of his presence in our life. What would you do? What would I do? How would we live differently if we were convinced that God is present? And that's all I'm trying to do today is to tell you that he's present. Would you become more aware of his presence? Because the truth is he's always present. In being aware of his omnipresence, you got the opportunity to experience his felt presence. For some, you want the felt presence when you want it. And he's just saying, just be aware of me. If you're aware of me more often, you're going to feel, you're going to have those sense of, of, his, of his felt presence more often. It's those things that when you're afraid, when, you have, when you're afraid, you know when you're a kid and you were like, you're scared of something, but then if someone else was with you, it was okay? 
It was like that mom who tells little Johnny to go down to the pantry, you know, go down to the pantry and get me a can of beans. And he, he's like, mom, it's scary down there. It's dark down there. It's full of spiders. And she's like, good Christian mom, you know, don't worry, Johnny. Like, Jesus is in you. He's going to be with you in the pantry. Go down and get the beans. And he doesn't believe it. He kind of walks down there to the pantry and looks in that dark door where all the spiders are. And He's about to go in and then realizes if Jesus is with me, he just yells in, Jesus, if you're in there, hand me a can of beans. <laughs> but for us, you know, there's, there's things in our lives where it's like knowing that Jesus is with us can change things. And it's why David in the dark times would write something like this in Psalm 23 verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When the shadow, the darkness of death is right on my doorstep. What does he say? I'll fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. I'm not afraid, not because I'm not afraid of death. I'm just, I'm not afraid because you're with me there. I'm not alone in that. When trials come, James wrote later on, count it all joy when you go through trials. And for many of you, you're like, get me out of this trial, God. I'm not happy in this. How do you count it all joy when you realize he's with you? So that if he hasn't answered your prayer yet, means doesn't mean that he's not with you, he doesn't care, but it means he is with you and he's doing something in your life as you're still walking through that trial. You know, the, the, it's like the guy who said, you know, he was in a cage full of lions and at first he was afraid, but later he wasn't afraid because he realized that the lion tamer was right there in the cage with him. How different that changes when you realize that there's someone there with me. And some of you are going through trials and all you're doing is like praying, God, get me out, get me out, get me out. God, give me an answer, give me an answer, give me an answer. And you're just not hearing him like, okay, he's not there. He's there. He's present. He's with you. And he's saying, hey, would you become more aware that I'm with you? And it'll change the way you go through the journey. It's incredible. As I watch Tracy, and many of you have seen that, I keep mentioning this, but she keeps encouraging others and sharing her faith. Why? Why can she do that? Because she simply realizes he's with me in this journey against cancer. He's with me in the, in the journey. And for some of you, like, you wonder, what would you be like if it was your daughter? What would you be like if you were in that position? How would you handle it? I can tell you this. If you don't get anything else, Write this, tweet this, jot this down, put it on your mirror. The secret to seeing God in the darkness is knowing him in the light. The secret to seeing God in the dark times of your life is knowing him in the light. And that's why Paul was writing to them and, and we're encouraging you, be aware of his presence. He's with you. Get to know that he's with you all the time. And when you're in the darkness, you'll still be convinced he's with me. And you'll walk through those things differently. So to close this morning, Romans chapter 13, verse 14, same verse. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. There's a word in there yourself yourself because today isn't one of those things where we just share hey here's what God wants to do in your life the thing is the truth is that God's already done it he's already provided a way on the cross that he can be with you always that he could be in you he's already done it all what he's telling you this morning is what are you going to do in this process you become aware of my presence. You do whatever it takes to become more aware of my presence. You play a role in this. I've done it all. Now let's, why don't you come join me and let's do this together. What would you do differently if you were convinced that God is present with you this week? How would you, how would you be uh, and, and behave at work if you knew God was present with you? What would it be like in your school if you knew, you know, no matter what you face there, I've, God is with me. 
What would it be like in your home with, you know, and how would you speak to your spouse if you realize that God is with me? In those difficult decisions that you have to make, those difficult conversations that you have the opportunity, God, I can do this with you, or God, I can do this without. You know, yesterday, as I was even just kind of finishing the prep for this, I got a text message saying, sorry to break your day, but we got water in the basement. (sighs) And instantly, it was like, you know what, Mark, we can go through this together, or you can do it alone. And instantly, that thought of, I don't need to drop any unnecessary Dutch words at this moment. Because God is with me. And for you, they're di- some of them, di- the situations are more difficult than that. But it's those simple things of just being aware he's with me. Last thought, there's different ways to create awareness. How do you create awareness? How, how can you do this? My challenge for you is to, to, to be more aware this week than you were last week. A couple thoughts for you here. Number one is this. There's a slide, you know, I am with you always. For some, I would challenge you just to put that truth on your phone. On my phone a little while back, I don't know if you can see that, I put the picture of Eden. You know, you know, as every time I see my phone and flip it up, her picture shows up. And what does it do? It just reminds me to pray for Eden. For some of you, you just need that. Just that continual reminder that every time you look at your phone, you realize, oh, he's with me always. It'll be those moments where that moment that you were aware of his presence with you. You can just leave that up there. But for some, you know, I remember Jamie, uh, they had VBS, and they had this big six-foot cutout, cardboard cutout of Jesus. And after VBS was over, they didn't know what to do with it. So he just took it and started giving it to families in the church and saying, here, take this home with you. Take him everywhere with you this week, no matter where you go, the restaurant, you know, your job. Take six-foot Jesus with you. Um, everyone will know that, you, that, that uh, you're aware that Jesus is with you. And then bring him back in a week and, and do this social experiment. For some, maybe that's what you need to do. For others... You know, I know of a guy who's praying for people and he would make these little wooden crosses and he would just give it to them and say, keep this in your pocket. It's a reminder that God is with you. It's a reminder of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. And every time they would put their hand in their pocket, they'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's with me. He's with me. I know a guy who used to have conversations in prayer and he'd always get distracted. So one day he decided that instead of just sitting on his prayer, his chair where he would spend time praying, he set out another chair and he just sat and he realized, you know what, Jesus is sitting there. I'm just going to have a conversation with him. And you might think, wow, that's really strange. But for him, it was this way of I can be more aware that he is present with me. This has revolutionized his conversations and prayers uh, and prayer time and just being aware of the Lord. The other thing, too, small groups every week. You know, maybe it's joining a small group. Every week at our men's small group, we ask the question, where have you seen God at work this week? Where have you seen him working? You know what that requires us to do? Be looking for God. Some, you never want to be the guy at small group that comes in and everybody's like, yeah, I saw God do this and gets to you. And you're like, uh, I don't think God was doing anything this week. That's usually not the problem. It's just simply that we weren't looking. So maybe you just need someone else to encourage you. Maybe it's having you version, putting, the, putting his word in your heart every day so that, you know, just like myself, going through the wilderness, have one little thing jump out that just, again, changes my whole week. And hopefully my whole life. And maybe it's as simple as what Paul said. When you get dressed every morning, you're putting on your clothes saying, you know what, as I put on clothes, I'm taking these with me. I'm taking you with me as well. Whatever it is, knowing that Jesus is with you. So it's my question to you. My challenge for you is to become more aware of his presence this week. But what will you do? What will you do to become more aware that God is with you always? What will you do? Because I can promise you it will be worth it. I can promise you the stories that come out of it. I can promise you that the sensing of his presence because you're aware of his presence 
will be worth it. Can we pray? Father, thank you for your word, how it lights up things inside of us. Thank you for how it brings life <laughs> to me. Thanks for meeting me in that wilderness and just bringing your words of life and hope. Father, thank you that you're here with us. And as we leave this place, we don't leave you here. And Holy Spirit, I know that you're making me more aware. And I just pray that for others as well, that as they're going through their day-to-day, that you drop this little reminder in their hearts that you are with them, that they might get their eyes on you and realize that they can do life differently because you are with them. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life on the cross for us that make this possible. As we go from here with you, pray for opportunities to share you with others that they might uh, have the chance to do life with you as well. It's in your amazing name for your glory. I pray. Amen.